Election results, yeah. Okay. Okay, well, here we go. Good morning, Steve. We're waiting for you. Okay. Good morning. Okay. So we are going to start from the Mishnah on 14b at Ahmed Base, uh, towards the bottom. Um, we've had similar uh, Mishnahis. You'll see that everything's here in the nuance. Uh, but it gets interesting because of the words. The words are difficult. And uh, um, the, the question is, we've got Nidorim and we've got Shvuas. Uh, and in English, they both translate as vows. But in Hebrew, each one is different. And the words used for them are different. And the mechanics of how they work are different. Uh, so uh, we begin. Konim Shani Yashin. A person says, I am forbidding myself to sleep. And again, we'll have to see in the Gemara for how long and uh, what's going to trigger it. Um, the word konum is related to korban. It's another way of saying it should be forbid, forbidden. Again, as we had in the, uh, uh, when we're mater neder, lo shamta, lo or lo konum, right? Konum is a, something that, it's a, a specific type of forbidding things with a vow. So, konum shani yashin shani medabi shani no, spe- no sleeping, no talking, and no walking. Okay. Any kind of both. Or, or he tells his wife, I don't know why we have all these analogies with a person fighting with their wife. I don't know. Uh, they tell their wife, no more relations. So, and then he ignores, he made this oath, and then he violates the oath. So, he gets uh, a transgression. The transgression is called lo yachel. The the, the Torah says, don't say things that you don't keep. You have to keep your word. So when you don't keep your word, you've made your words chulen. It's a very interesting idea that your words are unholy. So what? They're unholy. But that's not true. I mean, the words are what separate us from uh, animals. And so we're never supposed to turn our words into lo yachol dvorah, make our words unholy. They're, they're almost taking the approach by default, our words are holy. Correct. Isn't that interesting? That's what I'm trying to point yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. That, it's, it's really... Uh, yeah. Um, we intentionally mess them up. Uh, I don't know if we... Well, yeah, okay. That's, that's correct. Um, so, yeah. There is a... Um, uh, there, yeah, so let's see the Gemara. It marks. There was a question Gemara. whether... We're um, starting the Gemara on... Uh, Yud Dalad Amud Bey's 14b uh, on yesterday's daf. Um, so we just finished the Mishnah. We're reviewing a little bit. Itmar konam ein hayom. So this has a, a little bit different case. Uh, the person says, it'll be forbidden for me to sleep today if I sleep tomorrow. Um, in other words, I'm only going to sleep one day out of two. So if I sleep today and I'm going to sleep tomorrow, then I'm in big trouble. But uh, it's only forbidden today if I sleep tomorrow. This is an interesting question, really. If you have the potential for messing yourself up later, if you do something today, is it forbidden to do something today? So, Om Rabbi Huda, Om Hayom, you better not sleep today, because since you said if you sleep tomorrow, it's forbidden to sleep today. So, Shema Yashin Lamachar, maybe you'll sleep tomorrow. So you can't do some. You shouldn't do something today that may retroactively be, be forbidden. Don't take any chances. Rev Nachman says, "It's okay. Yashin Hayom. You could sleep today, but lo and then 
you'll uh, be careful tomorrow. Why, why should you have to worry about that? So again, I, um, it's hard to set up... What? Is that procrastinating? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that the argument? Are you allowed to procrastinate? It could be. It's, it's an interesting argument. Yeah. So, Umoto Reb Yehuda, but Reb Yehuda would admit, but Omar, uh, basically, a person should never violate their word. So can you do something that may end up getting you in trouble if something happens later. So can you take a chance on that, seems to be the argument. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, you can't, don't sleep today because you're going to end up sleeping tomorrow and then it's going to be a, a problem. Whereas Rabbi Nachman said, listen, you don't have to worry about that. If you say it a little bit differently, if you say my eyes should be konim, uh, my eyes should be forbidden to sleep tomorrow if I sleep today. So that's a little better because basically you're not forbidding yourself to sleep today if you slept tomorrow because um, in this case, uh, you can sleep today. Why? A person won't be careful with something that was just a condition on an oath. Uh, so I, I made an oath. I said, if I sleep tomorrow, I shouldn't sleep today, but it's already too late. So maybe something like that, he won't be careful the next day. But if he swore that um, if I sleep today, it'll be forbidden tomorrow, that's a little bit easier for him. Let, let's just read the words as we turn to today's page. Kilo miserabitani. It could be a person won't be careful with a condition of a vow that he made before. But if it's clear that he shouldn't do it, Mister, it's just the psychology of it. If if he said that if I uh, if um, I'm forbidden to sleep tomorrow if I sleep today, so he's going to know that he slept today. He's forbidden tomorrow. That's very direct. So Rabbi Huda's not worried that he's not going to keep his oath. He's worried that if you say if I sleep today, it, it should be uh, if I sleep tomorrow, it's forbidden to sleep today. So today he's not worried about it. He's not thinking about it. So it's, it's since it's a it, it's an indirect way of saying it. We worry that he's not going to keep his word. So now the Gemara wants to see who's right in this issue. And so we're going to bring a few other cases uh, to see who's right. Do you have to be careful uh, to do something today that might retroactively break a vow, depending on what happens later? That, that's the basic question. So, Tanan, it brings a proof from our Mishnah. Our Mishnah, the guy forbid it two lines from the top. He forbid himself to sleep. He forbid himself to walk. He forbid himself to talk. So, hey, what's the case? Obviously, there's more to the case than meets the eye. I mean, it doesn't mean he's never going to talk again, never going to sleep again. Hey, dummy, what's the case? If you say, as, as it reads, Shani Yashin Mihavi Nedra, can you just forbid yourself to sleep? Shani Yashin, that I'd be forbidden to sleep, but Tanan. Chomer Shvuas. Shvuas are stricter. If you take a shvua, chal al you can swear to do something that's here now, or al mamish, or something that's not in front of us. You don't need a tangible thing to swear. Whereas when you make a netter, you have to have something tangible. A netter is on something that's here. Vishina, now sleep is not tangible. You you didn't what. You're, you're forbidding yourself to sleep. That won't work with a netter. Vishina is something that there's, it's not tangible. Ella, oh, is it not tangible? 
uh, show me your sleep. There's no object of the sleep. Physical thing you're it's, doing. Yeah, it's a, it's an it's action. Visual. It's right. Yeah. So to take a vow, a neder, you have to have the, the, a, a physical object. You can't. It's you can't forbid a certain action. It, it has to be an object that you're forbidding. It's more like a shua. Yeah, it's more like a shua. But we were learning this as a neder. So L and we're in the dorm, right? So this uh, this is a neder. This uh, so if the question is, how would this be binding as a vow? Uh, a netter won't work on sleep. So Morris said, El de Omar, it must be that you did something physical in your words. You said, my eyes should be forbidden to sleep. And the eyes are tangible. Even though it didn't say that, uh, so that part we can explain. But the Idelo Yahushua, Morris, another question. Um, if you just say indefinitely, I swear I'm never going to sleep. Are we going to sit there and wait with our whip for him to fall asleep? And then as soon as he falls asleep, okay, let's give it to him, <laughs> right? Are we going to do that uh, until he makes his word? Are we, I mean, eventually everybody's got to sleep, right? Rabbi Yochanan says if a person swears he won't sleep uh, for three days, we don't wait for the three days to see if he falls asleep. Malachan also, we give him the whooping right now and put him to bed. The Yashal Altar. Could, could you make a shvua uh, on something that's. Um, yeah, uh, not tangible. Right. But, but could you, you, know, you can. Yeah, a shvua you could, just not a netter. What is it about a shvua that, that makes that possible? Maybe this is a more advanced question. It's more advanced, yeah. Um, but hopefully by the end of the dorm, we'll have like a better sense of what are the mechanics of a, a netter and what are the mechanics of a shvua. But they, they work differently. It's a, it's a different, uh, and then it, it's not even clear because there are different rishonim about what's what. Uh, why is it that? But um, you could hear that you uh, that in order to make something forbidden, it has to exist. But uh, uh, but either way, right now the question is that we the the Rabbi Yochanan taught there's no such thing as not sleeping for three days. It doesn't exist. Some, a, a regular human being is going to sleep in three days. And so instead of torturing him and waiting for him to fall asleep with our whip, let's just whip him right now. We know that he tra- he's said words that are... It's interesting. We don't wait for him to transgress a word to whip him because his words are automatically not true. He swore he's not going to sleep three days. Baloney, you are going to sleep. So might as well whip him and uh, let him put him to bed. <clears throat> <laughs> right, that's right. So, yes. We don't care that there's no mice over there. By he didn't do anything. No, no, because that's a shvua. That's a shvua. The, our case was a netter. That was the for a netter. We need a my uh, an action. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little confused because you know I know you said about netter and shvua, but the case here with the sleeping is Shavuah, and the only reason I think that he's getting Makos is because with the Shavuah you say Shem Hashem, and you're over a lot for saying Shem Hashem. So how is that a raya for the Nether case? It's not. It's not. Well, the, the, we're just proving from there that there's no such thing as not sleeping, even for three days. That that's all we're proving from there. We're mm-hmm. just proving that the person says he's not going to sleep baloney. He's going to sleep. So uh, how can a person even Make such a vow and and us take it seriously. Even even if he limits it to three days, we don't take it seriously. So that, therefore, we're, because we see from there that people have to sleep, uh, realistically, he can't prevent himself from dozing a little bit. 
So uh, that uh, based on that, we must. How do we understand our case? Ella. So therefore, the Morris says, let's uh, let's explain our case the following. He says, Kona Bashina Lamachar. It'll be forbidden for me to sleep tomorrow if Imeshin Hayom. It's a lot of words to put into our Mishnah, by the way. <laughs> it didn't say it, but now we're learning. Maybe the case is exactly this case of Rabbi Yehuda, that uh, it's forbidden to me to sleep tomorrow if I sleep today. That that's the case of our Mishnah. Now, our Mishnah didn't say it, but maybe that's what it means. That was the backdrop to the case. He said, I'm not going to sleep tomorrow. It's forbidden for me to sleep tomorrow if I sleep today. Um, so, uh, if that's the case, Ha'amris kol bi'isura miser. Rabbi Huda said that if a person uh, said it that way, uh, a person would be careful. Rabbi Huda wouldn't argue. We, we said that if a person says, I won't sleep tomorrow if I sleep today, so it it's easy for him to not, uh, he knows that he better not sleep tomorrow. He knows that he triggered it today. This isn't just a two-day shvua. This is a repeat. Oh. Every other day he's going to sleep? Uh, I think, no, means? no, I think it'll end up being a two We don't know yet. We're trying to oh, figure okay. it out. We're trying to narrow it down. Uh, okay. So, uh, um, sure. <laughs> Surely we lost that. Oh, yeah, are you still with me? They, uh, <laughs> It still appears that we had a uh, the Wi-Fi, no internet, trying to reconnect. Okay, let's let's wait a minute. Uh, well, this is still going. Okay, yeah, it's still under recording. Um, okay, so the internet doesn't want to sleep, but okay. So Ella, are you are you gentlemen back up? Can't tell. They're not talking. Uh huh. Whoops. Yeah, it actually had to bump it. Now it's going to rejoin. Let's see if that'll work. Join. So um, we're looking for... The, can't join. You know why I can't join? Because the Wi-Fi didn't. Oh, yeah. 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 It took a long time to even realize that it wasn't connected. It's been okay. It probably kicked them off. Yeah, yeah, it just didn't show me. So, um, does the router not have to be reset though? How does that work? No, it's just the most reset. Oh, will it? Oh, so it'll just do its own thing. Yeah. But that takes a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Ella, so um, again, we're trying to figure out the case of our Mishnah where he swore, I'm sorry, where he took a vow, a, a netter, not to sleep. I, because um, in English, the word swear means both a netter or a shua. So he's taking a netter not to sleep, and we know that it can't be indefinite. That wouldn't work. And because, uh, as we said, people have to sleep, so it's for a limited amount of time. And so our question was, well, if he said, I, won't, if, I can't sleep tomorrow if I sleep today, so everybody would be in agreement on that. Uh, that that's pretty straightforward. El Abshita, it's simple. It's so simple. The case is, it's forbidden for me to sleep today if I sleep tomorrow. Um, um, That's reverse. This, this, this whole this whole poetry that we start off with yeah. is very is very odd. Is it coming over? No, 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 no. In terms of the sequencing, mm-hmm. what if I know was saying now that that's what, I don't know that it's reverse, but. Saying that an action now is going to be dependent on a choice tomorrow. Tomorrow, right. That yeah. just doesn't make sense. 
and I think that's you know part of the of the challenge here in terms of the poetry that he's using. If I make I, a certain choice tomorrow, I shouldn't have done this choice today. It's a very funny well, poetry, well, he's, right? He's hinging on his choice now based on what he's going to do, on a choice he's going to make tomorrow, which right. doesn't make sense. That. What do you mean it doesn't make sense? It's unusual is what you're saying, but it makes sense. It's just strange. No, because the choice now, a a person can't make a a decision now predicated on something that he's going to do tomorrow. I understand he can can make a connection and say, hey, I, I am somehow going to connect the two days. And if I do something now, so then here's what I'm going to have to do tomorrow. That, that's easier for me to understand, but the way he's, the way right, he's so, right, right, so, right here mm, just doesn't make sense. Right. So he, it is true, though. He articulated in a funny way. Our question is, if somebody were to articulate it that way, what would we say? Uh, you know, the, what, what, would, would we allow him to go ahead now and do it? understand the impulse of start smacking him now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So the if, if he were to sleep tomorrow. I mean uh, if he were to sleep today, he'd start smacking him now. Yeah, that's right. That's oh, really that's well the either low no and if he didn't sleep today, so it's not gonna kick in tomorrow. there's no problem. Uh, the case is he did sleep today. So he said if I sleep today it'll be forbidden tomorrow. So what do you see? Alma Isabim and he's allowed to sleep today, even though it'll trigger tomorrow, uh, that he won't be allowed to sleep. And so you see, you see, basically we're proving that Rabbi uh, Huda said that if you're going to uh, do something now that retroactively might be forbidden, you're not allowed to do it, and we see, you're not, we see you are allowed. So the Gemara answers, it's not a proof, who said that you were allowed to sleep today? We're talking about in case you did. You fell asleep. So then, now tomorrow, you better be careful because the way you said your vow, uh, you're in trouble. So he, he cannot sleep tomorrow then. Oh. Is that what it's because saying? Because he slept today. Yeah, yeah, right. He made a choice today. That's what I'm saying. And that's yeah. going to have direct bearing on his tomorrow. abilities yeah. tomorrow. We lost the internet here, gentlemen. I'm so sorry. We were trying to reconnect. I'm assuming you can hear me now. Um, okay. At any rate. Yeah. yeah we, we, we can hear you now. Some people got, got afraid bunk- that it wouldn't come back. But, but I, you know, we hear you. Yeah, apparently it, re- it reset itself. It just took a few minutes. So, okay. Yeah, same here. Um, it, so, the, the good news is we're still almost on the same theme. The Gemara was taking a long time to get there. We have a, our, our, the case of our Mishnah. The case of our Mishnah it doesn't give us a lot of details. It says that he swears not to, he takes the netter not, um, not to sleep. So our question was, what's the case? And we're ending up that it's the same case that Rabbi Huda commented on, which again, uh, which is I won't, uh, um, it'll be forbidden for me to sleep today if I sleep tomorrow. And so our question was, can you do something today that may end up being, based on a later decision, forbidden? Uh, but you won't, have, you, you won't be able to undo it once you do it. So Rabbi Huda said, since you can't, if you're going to end up sleeping tomorrow and be forbidden today, we won't let you sleep today. Uh, and so our question was, it sounds like from our Mishnah that you would let him sleep today if you're allowed to trigger it. So the Lord says, no, it doesn't mean that you're allowed. It's just saying if you did. to So the bottom line is, 
we don't have any uh, proof in that argument. We thought we would bring a proof in the argument of Rabbi Huda. There's no proof. Ravina, he says, um, really, let's learn the case like, like it says. Kidiktani, let's not add so many details to the case. Umay bal yachol. I, we said um, uh, that he's transgressing his words, and we said that it wouldn't be a valid oath. So Morris says, no, it means it's a bal yachol mitirabanim. It's a rabbinic, uh, it doesn't really satisfy the Torah requirements of an, uh, of an oath. But uh, since he takes a chance on a, uh, he violates his word, so we'll give him rabbinic lashes. So the Morris says, Is there such a thing? The Morris says, Yeah. But Tanya, we learned, uh, if there's something that's really uh, permitted, and uh, in certain areas they're strict and they don't do it, you're not permitted to, uh, if, if they, if they, uh, in those areas it's considered forbidden, uh, you can't uh, go against what they do. Let's see the Rashi. Rashi's first wide line. You can't go against their rule. This is what they committed to. This is not a Torah thing. The Torah didn't forbid this. The, the local custom forbid it. But you still can't go against the... Uh, the, the commitment that they have to follow the local rules. So you see um, that uh, we could explain the cases. Basically, uh, once you say that there's a rabbinic concern, so then you don't really need anything complicated. You don't have to fit a Torah requirement. It could just be that rabbis forbid a person to do something that looks like a lie, even if the vow isn't binding. Um, Let's, let's look at the Ran here. It's um, three lines down uh, on the left side. Ravina Omerlon Kedetani Klomar. She'enu Yashin. Really, all he swears is, I ain't sleeping. Forget about talking about his eyes or anything like that. Uh, and tomorrow and today, none of that stuff. Below Klomar, ain't a He didn't say, my eyes won't sleep. Even though Torah, it's not really a good oath because sleep is intangible. So, Minatora, you're not going to get a whooping. Since the rabbi said that anytime you promise something, we don't care if it's Minatora and oath or not, you better be careful what you say. We find such a concept of a rabbinic, uh, don't make your words in vain. That's why we use those words. Uh, we didn't say it's forbidden. Those are forbidden. These don't technically fit the netter quality. Therefore, we don't say it's forbidden, but we say it's which is a rabbinic problem. So getting back to um, the first answer that we had for our Mishnah was a complicated case that the Mishnah didn't say in order that we came up with a vow that technically would be a Torah vow. This answer is we don't have to do that. Really, he didn't vow using uh, something that the Torah would consider valid words. You can't make a vow about sleep and say, I'm not going to sleep. That's intangible. I, what do we mean he's in trouble? The answer is the, the rabbis said that any, even if it's technically not a vow, if you gave your word, you're going to be in rabbinic trouble. You're Okay, fine. The bottom line is, though, originally we brought this because we wanted to prove uh, in the debate with Rabbi Huda. 
and uh, we didn't prove, uh, Reb Yudah um, said in the name of Rav and uh, um, Reb Nachman, and we don't have a proof to that. So, back to the drawing board. Lagomor is going to see if we can bring a proof to the, uh, uh, back to Reb Yudah Omar Rav. Again, and the question is, if you take a complicated vow and you do something that may end up uh, being part of the vow later, but it's not part of the vow yet, are you forbidden to do it? That was the question or, uh, or with Rabbi Yehuda or not. And so let's see if we can prove it from a different case. Tonight. So again, we got the husband and wife fighting again. Shot Pesach. He said, you ain't getting a penny from me until Pesach. If you go to your parents' house again. She kept on running home to her parents' house and annoyed the husband. Uh, and so he said, uh, if you do that again, you ain't getting a penny from me. So, um, basically he said that you're forbidden to benefit from me today uh, if you end up going later. So she doesn't know if she'll go later or not, but if she goes later, what she benefits today, she's going to be in trouble. It's a similar kind of... Uh, case where uh, the, we've got an action today that may end up being forbidden later. So uh, if she ends up going uh, before Pesach, Pesach, she goes right away, so it's forbidden until Pesach. But um, uh, but if she doesn't go now, she can benefit from it now, even though so again, the story is that she likes to, likes to go home uh, more than her husband wants. And her, she says, I'm going to try to be a good wife and I'm not going to uh, have to take the flight and, and go visit my parents, right? But um, she doesn't know for sure if she can keep her word or not. So he says, well, I'll give you an incentive. You're forbidden to use any money, uh, no allowance now, if you're going to end up going this year to visit them. So is she allowed to spend the money now knowing that she might give in later and go? So that's our case of Rabbi Yehuda, right? Does, is she, can she go now and say, well, I'll worry about it later if I end up going and I somehow messed up. So, Rabbi Stein over mm-hmm. there, I don't see any negative language. Where is the negative language on this vow? Sha'at nehenesli. This word at nehenesli means it's forbidden to benefit from me. Well, it, it looks like it means positive that you can like you can benefit. Well, where's the lona hennesli? I, I think that's the understanding. It, it means that you'll be forbidden to benefit from me. It's it's a. Okay, I, I know that, but if I if I if I didn't really want to add it in, that I know it. It looks I don't see it from the words anywhere. I see. So since it's coming up, when we get there, we'll. Uh, We'll show you how. Uh, I think I think we'll deal with it there. But um, but that that's how we're assuming that that's what it means. Uh, I understand. Yeah. Can a husband tell his wife he's not allowed to Yeah, he could. I mean, she can get divorced. <laughs> that's a. Uh, that's how we learned it. it was a, it was a but uh, but it's uh, technically he doesn't have to uh, let her visit her folks or. Uh, Again, maybe there's a big flight, and maybe it's not convenient right now, or whatever. But uh, that's uh, uh, but that's what he said. So Om Pesach. So if she goes before Pesach, Isur Veloka. So then, when she ends up using his money, she broke his. She did his condition. She went to visit her folks. So technically, she's not allowed to use this money. So if she then uses it, she'll get whooped. 
because she used something that's forbidden for her to, to go. But lo hocha, but if she didn't go now and she went later, usur be alma. She shouldn't do it, but it, she won't get whooped. Okay. Amos Seifa, because at the time she did it, it wasn't forbidden. So Amos Seifa, Akra Pesach, about Yachad's And we said if later on she goes, it turns out that, that uh, um, uh, she, um, they, they violated his oath. Uh, if she didn't use the money before Pesach, would there be a problem? She used the money, and later on she went. She had a benefit. Basically, she was allowed to spend the money now, even though if she somehow couldn't help herself and visited her folks retroactively, it's forbidden. So you see from here that you're allowed to do that. Again, Rabbi Yehuda said you can't take chances with vows. And so since if somehow at the end of the year she's going to go retroactively forbidden, we won't let her do it now. Whereas we see this case, she's spending his money right and left. He promised her, I owe you, I'll give you unlimited allowance, just don't visit your folks this year, it's annoying me. So, and then she takes the money, spends it, and then she goes and visits them, right? So we see she could do that. So uh, that's, a, that's a proof not like Rabbi Yehuda. Um, so um, the Gemara answers, no, it's not a proof. Who says that we let her? Maybe the case was that she did. And maybe she planned on, uh, in other words, it's not that we, um, if she happened to have spent the money and then she went, but it's not saying that we allow. That, see, Rabbi Huda, the question was, can you take the risk knowing that you might cause the, the uh, retroactively turn yourself into a sinner, right? Can you spend the money knowing that you might end up uh, turning, uh, making that... He said, this is my money. I don't have to give it to you. If you spend it, I forbid you to spend this money. And you'll get lashes if you spend that money. But he didn't say, I forbid you to spend the money. He said, I forbid you to spend any of this money if you visit your parents this year. And so do we let her spend the money knowing that if she ends up visiting them, she's then retroactively going to be violating the oath, right? So, but uh, the thing is, we're just saying it's no proof that we would allow it. It may be the case was that she happened um, to e isani, that if she did, if she did uh, um, do it, then it would be forbidden. But we still don't know whether we would allow that. If she would come to Bezdin and say, can I spend the money, whether, what they would tell her. That's the way he said, he, because he, he said, if you visit your folks this year, this money will be forbidden to you. So she didn't visit them yet. She's spending the money now, and at the moment, she didn't violate the oath. But then later on, when she visits them, the money that she spent became forbidden retroactively. Yeah. See, that, that's, Avram didn't like the case either, because it's a funny case. <laughs> but that, that's the case we're talking about. Okay. So if the husband that, made the vow over here against his wife and well, the it, wife does something to visit, can she be liable for a ball, uh, uh, what is it? Bal Yako, yeah. Can it, she be, doesn't the person who make the vow, he can blow Yachel Devaro, can she be a, uh, have a chiv, a Bal Yachel, when she didn't make the oath? I believe so, yeah. Um, it, it, so, it sounds like that he forbids, uh, by, he forbids her to use the money, 
uh, and now she can't use the money if she doesn't keep the terms. And so, uh, retroactively, she didn't keep the terms. It goes back to when he made the vow. Correct. Uh, but the bottom line was, we didn't, we didn't prove not like Rabbi Huda, so we're going to try again. Two lines from the top. You shouldn't benefit from me, you no know, money until the holidays if you end up going to your parents' house. If she goes before Pesach, then it's clear that she can't use the money, but then she can visit the parents. Uh, it's only if she goes. But if she didn't go, she wouldn't be forbidden. Doesn't that show that she's allowed to uh, use the money even though she might go later? No, even if she didn't go, she's not allowed to use the money. Maybe we agree with Rabbi Huda. If she goes, Asura Baloka. And if she goes and then spends the money, we'll whip her for using the money. So again, you could read it in such a way that it doesn't contradict uh, Rabbi Huda. So, uh, which is what our Gemara was trying to do, was trying to see if he's correct that we forbid somebody to do something that might later on retroactively turn into a vow. Mesveh, has another question. Kikerzu alai hayom. This loaf of bread that I'm eating today should be forbidden. Im if I go there tomorrow. So again, I'll give you some bread if you promise not to go to Vegas, okay? Uh, so, Ochel, um, if you eat it today and then you go to Vegas tomorrow, then you're in trouble. So we see, though, you're allowed to eat it today, even though you can retroactively get yourself in trouble. So, mi katani ochel. So the Morris says, who says we let him eat it? Ochel katani. We mean if he ate it. Uh, this is really the same answer as we had before. We never know in a case when we say that he ate it, we don't know that he was allowed to eat it or if he did eat it. We said if he goes, then he's in trouble. Or Dibor, um, uh, or uh, then he's in trouble. Mahalach lo. But um, it's only if he, Holach, um, the Holach means if he went. Mahalach means we don't let him go. Um, I'm sorry, one said Holach means Vakashir of Yehuda. What's the difference between holach and mahalach? Um, I think it means even if he went on his own, we would let him go. So Rabbi Yehuda said we don't let him go, and we see. Um, so we see from the wording of this second part that it's clear that uh, we do let him go. Uh, not like Rabbi Huda said that you can't go now if you're going to end up doing something later that will trigger it. So Amalek Rabbi Yehuda did the list. It could have said Mahalach, that in case he went, not just that we let him go. Um, since we learned that case in the, in the first part uh, where we, we don't give him permission to eat, we learn it also in the Sefer to be uniform. But Rabbi Huda can explain away the language so it doesn't contradict him. So the bottom line is, we started off with the day uh, with the opinion of Rabbi Huda, who said that if you do something, uh, if you do something tomorrow, something that you do today is forbidden. You, we don't let you do it today in case you do it tomorrow. That was Rabbi Huda's din, and so we're trying to prove from other cases that he might be wrong, 
And Rabbi Yehuda can explain away those other cases so they don't contradict him. That's basically what comes out. And so those cases over there had to do with uh, his, his wife spending the money and then not keeping the condition. Uh, and so again, you could read it that way that it doesn't contradict Rabbi Yehuda. Now we get to the, last, the, the next case of the Mishnah. Yeah. Yes, I think that halach, it's not holach, I think it's halach. Halach is yeah. in the past. And somehow mahalach means maybe he's going or something. Oh, okay. But Thank you. Yeah. I, th- I think it's that way. So he, halach means in case he went. So we're, so, but um, mahalach means we would let him go. Rabbi Yehuda said we don't let him go. So, um, uh, uh, but if it had said mahalach, it would mean we won't let him go. And Rabbi Yehuda said that it didn't say mahalach, which implies that, um, we do let him go, and so we, the, we, Rabbi Yehuda could answer that. Okay. So then we said he can make a vow with his wife, no relations. What kind of business is that, him not making relations? He's obligated. When he got married, he obligated himself to be available to his wife. He said, the Torah says, normally the, the question is more, um, you can't, the words that you say against Torah are not binding. So if he were to take an oath that he won't have relations with his wife, it wouldn't be binding because it goes against the Torah. So the Morris says, no, there is words he can use to make this oath. But Omar, if he says it like this, Hanos tashmishka alai, the enjoyment from relations should be forbidden to me. He can forbid, he can't say, I won't have relations with you. He's obligated to. But he could say, I won't, I'm forbidden to enjoy those relations. Um, uh, and Baha'i uh, Lok, um, and uh, this one, Lokanichale um, Batashmish, doesn't want to have relations. If he says it's forbidden to have relations, if she forbids him, so Kofano, so we force her, and Umishamsho, and we say you, your vow is not binding, the Sheba Mishabile that they're obligated to each other. But if you say, if you forbid the enjoyment, we don't force a person to do something that he's not allowed to do. Let's take a look. There's an interesting run. Um, we have a different rule that uh, mitzvahs are not for uh, a benefit. So, uh, for enjoyment. Meaning that mitzvahs love the Hennesnit knew. They weren't given... Uh, we do a mitzvah because the ter- Hashem tells us. So the question here is, if he obligated himself, if he swears that he won't enjoy uh, having the relations, but he's having the relations comes of the mitzvah, could he still do them l'shem shemayim, so to speak? Is there su- would there be such a thing? Would he still be forbidden to have relations because he's just doing a mitzvah? And we say doing a mitzvah is not considered having a benefit. Um... Let's look at the run uh, towards the bottom. Let's see. Um, where did I see this? The Im Tomar. Uh, four lines from the bottom of the page, on the right side. The Im Tomar, Ki Omar Hanas Tashmisha, when he forbids himself to benefit from relations, why is it forbidden? The mitzvahs were not given for benefit. The, uh, Basically, even if there is an enjoyment from mitzvahs, that's like a side thing. 
we do mitzvahs, you know, you shake the lulav, maybe you enjoy it, maybe you don't. <laughs> we try to enjoy mitzvahs. We love that we've created, Baruch Hashem, we work on ourselves that we say, ah, oh, that's too terrific. I, you know, it's a great shake. But really, it wasn't given that we should really have fun and do the shake. You know, it's a uh, mitzvahs weren't given. So therefore, even if you do enjoy it, it's not called uh, something. It's called you did a mitzvah. It's not called you had the great enjoyment of doing the shake. So here also, if there's a mitzvah to have relations with one's wife, so if he were to have relations, why would we say that he violated his oath to have a, a, um, a benefit? He didn't have a benefit. He did a mitzvah. We would call that doing a mitzvah, not having enjoyment. That's Tosut Raran's question. Yeshlomar, he answers. Ki, I mean, mitzvahs love the new. When we say mitzvahs were not given for a benefit, hani mini lomer she'in kiyam a mitzvah If just the fact, you know, a person feels good that he did what Hashem asked him to do, that's the hana. It's like after, you know, at the end of the Seder, you feel good that you did, you know, you did it, you did all the mitzvahs. But that the fact that you enjoy that you did what you were put in this world to do, that you did the mitzvahs, even though you feel good and you have a glow, it's like after Yom Kippur, like you feel good, right? But that's not considered a value. That's not a considered a hana. So if you forbid yourself to have benefit, that's not considered bad. Alkamika makam, imisani gufa bahadinamakaya mitzvah. But if you enjoy doing a mitzvah, if your body has a physical pleasure, that's considered pleasure. Let's say you swear you're not going to benefit from a well. You can dunk in it in the wintertime. Uh, you can go to the mikvah there. The, it's a mitzvah to purify yourself in a mikvah. But you swore you weren't going to benefit. So you can only do it in the winter where it's uh, uh, no, no physical pleasure. Yeah, yeah. So even though you, you feel good that you went to the mikvah, that's not called a physical pleasure. But in the summertime, when it's hot and it's schwitzy and you go to the mikvah, that is considered a physical pleasure. Uh, so that, that's what Tosos wants to say. Okay, we will stop here. Yeah. Have a great day. Who is it that Rizal's mikvah is supposed to be like really cold? or the? I once went into an unheated... Is that the reason? That's why it's, yeah. it's just not heated. Sure, yeah. you intentionally make it so it's... Oh, like, no, I don't... Yeah, it's just not heated. It's supposedly yeah. well underground. I heard that, and then I went to... Uh, I went to the Arizal's Mikvah a few years ago. Right. And it was cold, but it wasn't, like, freezing. And it wasn't hot outside. Oh, everybody tells me who uh, goes right, to so it. That I, it's a, so I had right. always heard that. It was a dud. It, was, <laughs> I, it wasn't that hot. But then I also... I looked up, and Michael, do you know this? That this seems like your... The Kohanim, it's not recommended to go in that area because it's like a minefield like that. <laughs> so there, some of the tour guides will say, oh, you can walk over here, walk over there. But yeah, the, right. the Kohanim in the nose say, no like, you know, it's... You can, I, I have um, 
uh, triple great grandparents that are buried somewhere in that cemetery. Wow. So oh, wow. they, wow. yeah, they they moved there when uh, they moved there in like 1910 or something. Mm. Like the, they went there to die. You know, they were lived there for two or three years. Um, and they so every time I've gone, I always I've, uh, my parents told me, oh, you look for see if you can find it. I got to the first. I'm like, this is impossible. I mean, there's there's graves on top of graves. Everything's all over the place. It's all over the place. Not the new section is not like that. Yeah. It, it's well, you only have you know the immunities of you know from 